bushcraft. Okay, so I never want to hear another fucking word about you people bitching about your winters. Okay, <laughs> let me let me describe to you how my winter has been so far. Okay, we get this glorious snow. We get feet of snow. Everybody up here knows how to drive in it. The cities know how to deal with it. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing changes. Literally, nothing changes. You'll get you get a foot of snow, and nothing changes. Did you notice yesterday, Washington D.C. shut down because of one inch of snow? Yeah, less than one inch of snow. Well, yeah. that's kind of unusual for him to park. Well, and so then, so then here's the other thing. So not only does is it that way, you don't know what cold is. No. You just don't take. Take the minus 20 temps that, that you get up here occasionally, add 50 mile an hour winds. Yep. Okay. That's Iowa. And when we get snow, we might get a foot of snow, but the wind is so bad that it all blows around and blows into these big drifts. And then there's bare dirt and the dirt blows and takes all that snow yeah, and turns it into lousy, mud. lousy wind. Right. It's, a, it's horrible. Like, <clears throat> the winter up here is awesome. Like yep. this is my favorite winter ever. Even even when I lived in Chicago, it wasn't this nice. Yeah, yeah. We and you know what I like about it? The snow remains white. Yeah, all year because there's no dirt. There's no farms. It's well, there's farms, but there's, yeah, there's, but there's more. There's not enough of them. Yeah, and, and there's wind breaks. See, yep. in Iowa, it, the wind will blow for like hundreds of miles and yep. carry all that dust and dirt. And see, when our wind blows hundreds of miles, it blows across water. Yeah, and everything <laughs> just drops picks up. up. Yeah, it just picks up moisture. Yeah, yeah. So we're, no, I'm very happy with our winters up here. We yeah. uh, this this year has been kind of interesting because we haven't had system snow. We've had it's uh, all lake effect. It's all lake effect snow, which is a I know people will laugh about this, but it's a different kind of snow. It's it doesn't stick together it's like fluffy. regular. Uh, like reg, it's like it's like sugar. It's well, it's like powdered sugar yeah. versus regular sugar. Yep, yep, is the way to describe. And you it. can't and you can't pack it together. And yep. what what ends up happening? I was like, I was out with my uh, bombardier the other day on the woods, and it, and it's literally three foot of snow in the woods. Gosh. And uh, I got out and I was uh, had to clear the windshield off and was moving a tree that had fallen off the. And I took my handy axe and I chopped out. The, to move the tree off, so I was, I'm kind of trying to make a a really nice cross country ski trail in the back. Oh, good. And um, so I so I took my axe out and I got a I got an axe from Lon Humphrey that I'm test driving and I'm pretty actually pretty impressed with him. Um, actually, I should show that to you. It's a it's a kind of an interesting design. It's a bearded uh, a bearded axe, and um, I wasn't. Hang on one second. We're back. Yeah. Okay, so it's a it's a bearded axe, and uh, it's an interesting design. Um, I'm not. I'm going to take and I got a sand. He put used a a finished uh, handle on it. Schlack. Yeah, and I'm going to sand that off when I bring it up to. I'm going to bring it up to Bark River and put it on the grinder and and um, sand all that off and put that linseed oil on it because I like that finish. But the um, Oops, sorry. But the uh, the axe actually performed quite well. Uh, and so, anyways, I'm, I'm in my bombardier. Oh, yeah, killer. Shut up. I'm in my bombardier, and I'm and I'm driving out, and got a log that I got to clear off the, the path. Quiet, boom. So I, uh, ooh, snuff. So I take the, I take the axe out, and I'm, 
walking through the snow, and the snow was like three feet deep. I should have had uh, snowshoes on, even just doing what I was doing. Well, um, I walked behind the tracks to see how much it was pressing down and how much it was sticking down because you kind of got to worry about getting one of those stupid things stuck. So I was standing in it. And I was like, as I'm standing in it, I'm watching everything around my feet spring back. So it was like that you're driving on the tracks and it was springing back hmm. accordingly. It was pretty bizarre. Hmm. So the snow, even underneath that bombardier, did not pack down like I thought it was going to pack down. Hmm. So. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to try to get a job as a, uh, as a work at the ski mountain and drive one of those Thiokol oh, yeah, snow yeah, yeah, groomers yeah. just for shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah, those are nice. I'd like to drive one. They, they always have the best damn snowmobiles Oh yeah, at ski resorts. Oh, That's yeah. the kind of snowmobile. I'm going to pay attention when I go out west. I'm going to take a picture of their snowmobiles, and I'm going to get one of those. Because those things are go everywhere, do everything, overpowered, underweighted machines. Yep. And that's you can still get them stuck, though. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, and here's the problem with them. I've got an old Tundra. That, that's my my sled that I use. It's a 1990 Tundra. Um, they're narrow and they're light. Yeah. But they don't have a lot of power. There's only a one-cylinder engine in it. Oh, you need to the put a teeny little one. You need to put a blower on well, it. Well, <laughs> the problem with them. It's 90 hours. Oh. The problem with the newer ones is they have huge horsepower, they have big paddle tracks, and they have big wide skis, and it, and they stay floating as long as you stay running. Yeah. But the minute you stop, they sink in. Yeah. You know, and especially in our kind of, like this kind of snow, you, I mean, I buried my Tundra because you can get them stuck. I was yeah. going around, I kind of slowed down to make a turn, and and uh, <laughs> I let up on the throttle, and it, and it just took a nosedive. Oh, he loves you. Nice dog. Okay, that's enough now. <laughs> Next on. thing, you're going to start barking and all this. Um, so I took a nosedive, and it looked like I had a snowblower in the face. Just all that uh, snow just came up over the windshield and the hood right in the face. Yeah. So snowmobiles are fun. But yeah, you, you got to know what you're doing. But I'll them, tell right? you what, you can get killed on them real easy. Oh, yeah, if you're a jackass. I, you go I, 90 miles an hour. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's like, it's like anything else. When you get... You can take a normal person and you can put them on a jet ski and they immediately become an asshole. Yeah. There's something about jet skis that... Well, and snowmobiles. And snowmobiles are like in the, almost in that same category. Yeah. If you're not careful, there is... I mean, you're going 90 miles an hour down a trail and you leave the trail. Guess what? There's no... That helmet is not going to protect your your noggin. No. Yeah, I, I grew up on uh, snowmobiles... So I've, I've been driving them forever, and I'm just real conservative yep. when I do it. If I don't know a trail and I haven't been down it already that day because trail conditions shift, uh, I'm really careful. Um, well, you have I, to I, I've never actually had an accident on no, a snowmobile. I've never hit anything. Um, but I knew a lot of people that did, and they were just dumbasses. Yep. I they picked up pieces. Going to, going to uh, fast up conditions and stuff. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. So as of today, we are still accepting drawings for the uh, Rambo contest.
So we're uh, back. <laughs> we're back. Anyway, uh, talking about snowmobiles. What I what I want is I want I'm gonna figure out what those ski resorts are using because that is the ticket. When I was a kid, uh, they they had this thing called the Indy 500 that they always had at the ski resorts, and every ski resort had, it, and they could do anything. Yeah, you can go up well, mountains. They, well, they have. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that they use like Scandix, Skidoo Scandix up here, hmm. or um, what's the, the other brand? Not a Tundra. Maybe they use a Tundra too. Yeah, because the the deal with the ski resort ones is those are not trail snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. Those are not like They're a trail snowmobile. Those, yeah, the, and the, you want to talk about an all-terrain thing that's going to go everywhere, do everything. It's one of those. Right. So I'm actually me, me one of those. Actually me, I would rather have a a snowcat. One of those pickup trucks that have four yeah big tracks on them and yeah, but I. You know, there's a certain thing to be said for actually snowmobiling. My problem is, is I live on a narrow peninsula with no place to ride them, so I'd have to trailer them somewhere. You know, there's no trails on the peninsula at all. Not that I know of. I've never heard a snowmobile out there, but of course I've only lived there yeah. you know, six months or whatever. Um, yeah, it does make it tough when you can't. You got to drive into the city before you can drive out. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, our man in the field wrote asking about um, splitting wedges. He was ah. asking what we thought about our, because we have both models of the splitting wall. I, I, would, I would highly recommend the one. If he likes to split by hand like I do, yeah. I would highly recommend using one of those, getting one of those. They're expensive. Yeah. They are expensive, but you know they're worth it, I think. Well, for performance sake, yes, they are. Um, I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could actually. Um, I, I'm not sure if you could actually regrind an American. Oh, I. You know, I think that they're worth. I think that. I think they're worth the money. But and the reason I say this is because I don't think you can get it like a twenty dollar or twenty five dollar splitting mall. And regrind it and get the same kind of effect. Well, and because unless you've got a Burr King, that's well, yeah. the only way yeah. you're going to do that. But, and, but I guess so few people have those. Right. But I'm guessing that you can't even do that because of the way the weight's distributed. And it's a longer. The American ones have a longer. Yeah. Um, not pull the other end of yeah, it. Yeah, the cutting side of it. Yeah. Well, and so I don't think you could. I don't think you could do that because the weight of the Gransfords, I think, is behind the. Yeah. The handle. They're they're funny because the the cutting edge on those is not very long at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, well, here was here is my take on it. If if you're gonna get one of them to split real wood, you want to get the one that you have. Yes. Um, because that it's heavier and it's got a longer handle. That's the one I would get if you want to split real wood. You know, I had a friend of mine that sent me a video the other day about that gizmo. It's a big weight. With a big splitting maw head oh, wedge yeah. on the top of it, with a big truck spring, big yeah. coil truck spring, and he's just going like this. Yeah. And he's pulling it down, and it's just splitting the wood, and then it springs right back up. It's like non. You, the hardest work you got to do is actually put the log up on this thing. Yeah. And then you just go toink, 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 and you pull it, and it's 
splits, it drives it right through and it splits the wood. It's kind of interesting because it's got a long, I mean, it's got a real long wedge. And yeah. then the thing is weighted quite heavy. Right. So what I was saying was um, with, with if you're going to split real wood, get, get the big full-sized one. If right. you're going to split like kindling... Like mine is in my garage because I split up our kindling with that thing and it works great for it. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. All right. 99.9999999999% of the people out there that have a splitting mall and use it to actually split wood, which is even smaller fracture, <laughs> fraction yet. Zero point zero are going to be jackasses with it, and they're going to beat the handle up right where it meets the yeah. head of the head of the thing. Does yours have that metal thing on it, too? It does, but, okay, so even, let's say that you're trying to split some huge log. What What's going to happen is 99% of people are going to swing that thing and hit the log directly in the center and bury it, and then they're going to bang up the handle and all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, or... One of your jackass friends is going to get a hold of it when you're not looking, and they're going to do the same thing. Okay, so if you're going to invest in a Grand Sports Brooks, make sure that you're actually doing it right so that you don't damage your axe. Yeah, if, and see, I just, sort of like it, look at it like it's my chainsaw. You know, there's a couple things I don't loan out. Yeah. Chainsaws and my my splitting wall it apps. would have to be somebody that number one has the money to replace it yep. and will replace it and number two knows how to use it in the first place yeah. there's so very few people but then so for the for the average person walking around go to freaking walmart and buy a splitting wall there and do what you're going to do with it naturally and then if you break it, you can just go get yeah, another just one. go get another one for five bucks or whatever. I've been, cost. you know, for my kindling, I've been using one of those little hand splitting malls. Have you seen one? I of those don't have enough snow and I know I've got one, but the 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 problem the problem I have because I I did a, I went did a bunch of tests this year trying to figure out what to use for. Can we go? Yep. All right. So the problem with the with using something that's underpowered. Is you're using something underpowered. Yeah. You know, and that that's the have thing. You, have you I, seen that Snow Neely one I got? It's got a pretty good size head on it. I, I mean, I've used used identical models to that. I haven't seen your particular one, but I tried out a bunch of stuff. I even tried doing it with a prang, which you can do all of that. It just takes way more effort. Right. I just want to swing one time right. and split it. So for that, just split and kindling, a full sized mall, probably not. Because, again, we're ta I'm talking about I want to swing, but I don't want to work too hard. I don't want right. to split the kindling and the log underneath it. So the, See what the I do? smaller of the Grand Sports is really perfect. What, for I, that. what I do when, with that is I just basically hold on to where the – for kindling wood, I, yeah. I hold on to the, where the metal is. Yeah. And I just go like that. Then I punch down into the, into the log. But, you know, when I'm doing, when I'm doing splitting up for – for starting fires, which I don't do it very often anymore, because that's I have a fire that pretty much continues yeah, from see, September to yeah, you know. And then when I was when I was living uh, further south, I had a parlor stove, and that was a parlor. And I remember having a conversation with uh, Ethan Becker, and every morning, almost every morning, you would start a fire. Yeah, you know, I mean, you pretty much got up in the morning and you fixed your coffee, and then you. 
made your fire. And I, and he, cause I was saying, you know, I practice my fire starting skills every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like every single day this year I've started at least yeah. one fire. Yeah. And, and then, so, yeah. And then, and then the other thing is, is that when you're doing it every day, you're not going to play. No. Like, I'm not going to go out there with a parang and do it just because well, I and can. And that's, that's what always cracked me up. There was a, I remember a long time ago, there was a bunch of guys who were posting all of their little fireplace. Yeah, fucking matchstick size kindling. <laughs> like well, piles and piles of it. They, and they, they, yeah, they were, they had, and then it would have like a wood gnome. Like they carved a wood gnome or something. Yeah. The, whatever they call them, wood wizards or wood gnome yeah. or whatever it was. You know, and I was like, I was looking at it going, you guys aren't really heating anything with that shit. I mean, you're just freaking having fun playing and stuff. I mean, right. if you really want to heat your house, you don't burn wood Yeah, like you don't that. play. If you're starting a fire every day, you don't play. Mm-hmm. And and that's and that's my whole thing is like, okay, and then the other thing you got to do is you got to train people who are bringing in wood because I don't bring in wood. I'll split the kindling and bring in the kindling. I'm not bringing in wood. Mm-hmm. What you got to train them to is... Don't bring in the nice, straight, knotless wood. Leave that for me to make kindling out of. Bring in the shit with knots all over it and gnarled stuff. That's what I'm going to burn. I'm not going to burn my, my kindling wood. You know. That's funny. And, and that, that's been a real training process there. Because, um, again, I don't play. I'm not, I know I can split something with knots and everything in it. I don't want to. Yeah. I want it to be easy. Yeah. You know, but anyway... Yeah, and so with this new system, I don't. And I'm I mean, pretty sure I'm pretty sure my wife could start a fire better than 99% of those little twerps on all those forums. Ooh, what was funny about it was most of these. Yeah, guys it's were, a girl, and she would smoke you. What, <laughs> what do you was, think about that? What was funny about it was uh, most of the guys were kind of old. I mean, that <laughs> was that's what was kind of funny is they were like, you know, and they were they were like in Arizona. And which I know it gets cold in Arizona sometimes, but you know, it's not like you're, I mean, we, we literally, we start fire having fires in September and we don't stop until the end of May. I mean, literally yeah. we have fires until May. Fire yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I burned 40 quart of wood people. <laughs> <laughs> that's with a four zero. Yeah. And that's all I cut it. I cut it all. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it delivered. Um, I don't have it split up or nothing like that. We stack it. We cut it. That's what we do. Yeah. I'm going to get, I had, uh, the tree you and I cut down and Mm -hmm. another tree I cut down and then a little bit more. And then I had some guy deliver six cords Mm -hmm. and I split all of that up next year. I'm just going to get the guy to deliver 10 cords and just be done with it. Uh, I probably will have to cut, take a couple trees and I tell you what, I, and I didn't notice if you had a lot of beech trees, but we're, our beech trees are dying. Huh. Next next year, I would be cutting a lot of wood in the woods behind me. Huh. Excuse me, because of the beech, we've got some kind of freaking disease, and it's killing the beech off, and they're rotting like halfway up, and they break in two. I mean, it's ridiculous. Weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm excited for? Uh, actually, I'm very happy that it's winter. I'd be happy if it continued six more months. Um, but cause you don't have to mow on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is I've always loved winter. Yeah. I just don't like winter in Iowa cause it yeah. sucks ass and there's no scheme there. Yeah. Um, our, our winters are awesome. Right. This is like the best winter. Well, you I've know what's, had. what's nice about it too. And 
I'm missing out on the big camp this weekend because I got some family problems I got to deal with, and and uh, we had a death in our family, so <clears throat> I'm not going to go. But I do think I'm going to go. There was a big uh, Michigan Bushcraft had a big get together down in uh, here on National Forest, and basically it was a hike in about a mile, I guess, and you tote your shit in a sled and then go back and camp how for do they, four days. How do they get their CPAP machines back there? Oh, uh, so these pretty tough dudes. Right. I, I I don't I don't <laughs> knock any of these guys. These no, guys are no, all I, pretty hardcore. Just Based on past experience. Yeah, these they, guys are. I'm not, these I guys don't know are pretty any hardcore. These people, and I'm not joining their group. Well, if you if you make an attempt to camp in the wintertime, you've got something seriously wrong with you, or. Oh wait a minute! You have something seriously wrong with you, and I am in that. I am in that club. I mean, I I love to. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I love to do that. Yeah. And, well, and so I'm going to go and mash down, try to mash down some snow. And if I can't mash it down and set up my tent, I'm going to just dig it down to the ground and 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 do it that way. But my my thing is with winter camping, or any kind of camping now, is you know, for the past many years, I've spent six or seven weeks outside mm-hmm. every year. You know, and I like camping and stuff, but, like, you know what I like more? I mean, I'm happy to go winter camping, but if I'm going to do it, it's going to be associated with some sort of adventure. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're going to go on some snowmobile ride, clear back in the middle of freaking nowhere, and camp, or we're going to hike back in somewhere where you can't get without snowshoes, or I'm going to climb some mountain or something like that. Well, a couple weeks from now, we'll go up to that place in the, in the uh, Hiawatha National Forest, because we're going to go up there for uh, the PWIP site. Scope it out. June and I are going to go camp up there. We hiked in there a couple weeks ago, New Year's Day, yeah. and looked at it, and it was pretty awesome, and... Um, we're gonna go back in there and snowshoe back up in there and camp. You see, that's that's more my speed, mm-hmm. you know, where there's some actual. Well, there's you know, yeah. I mean, there's a spot where you can actually go and check and see if you can ice fish there. You can see if you could catch any fish in there. Maybe, you know, maybe there's there's fish in the ponds that are there. I bet you there are. Yeah, they're and probably go, stocked. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They're. It's it's back in the middle of freaking yeah, but nowhere. Those, those quarry ponds, yeah, they always get stocked. Yeah, yeah. So so that's kind of what we're thinking, and, and uh, maybe we can go get some whatever you can catch through the ice up there, and, and if not, we just cook at open fire. <sighs> yeah, that's always fun. But I, you know, I like I like an activity associated with my camping mm-hmm. now. Like I, I don't know my. It used to be, you know, when I lived in cities and stuff, I would, like, camp at at the drop of a hat. I didn't care, you know. But now, I live in the woods, yeah. you know, and I can have a fire every night in my house and sit three feet away from it and, like, have a nice meal and all this and have the kids and, you know. So camping for me now is more of a thing that is going to allow me to do something else. And I, you know, I never thought I'd get to that point, but I'm there now. Yeah. Um, and the do something else can just be going and like, you know, doing something fun with a group of guys. Or, well, sometimes when it's 20 below zero, it's just a group something else just to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, 
that has its charms, um, but so does my wood stove. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the splitting mall, again, my, I guess my, my take on it is if you're going to use it to, to chop up a big, huge pile of wood and you want to do it really fast and efficiently, uh, and you don't want to be like stressing over breaking a $300 mall or messing up the handle, just go and get yourself a Walmart one and and break it and replace it. Yeah, but anyway. So this week is Shot Show, and I didn't go this year. I lots, was kind of lots bummed. Lots of people did go. Yeah, well, it gets old after a while when you see it every. When you see it as many times as I have seen it, it's not that big a deal. You know, everybody shows up and they want to shoot all these weapons that they've never even seen before, and you, know, you get guys that are like nerdy individuals that have never been anywhere in their life and oh here's a freaking shot show is gen con for guys that like guns yeah basically yeah and and i you know listen i it, more power to you uh i would go just because i went to gen con and i i do like gatherings like that where you get enthusiasts in the same room um well it's 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 actually a, the reason for the shot show is actually a retail yeah you know you need a retail license to get into it or to be part of the press well now hey, we could get in as press <clears throat> i've been i've been getting in as press for 15 years yeah well my point being i could now yeah you could on yeah. multiple levels yeah i my passes are in the other room huh. i just didn't go this year yeah. um and it and it is it is fun because i like to see the people that you know that i know there um but this year just timing wasn't right and so I didn't I decided not to. But it's funny though, a lot of the people in there have never a lot of the guys that go there for the press have never really done anything. Yeah. And they're <laughs> and they you know, they go out to the range day and they're all enthralled with, you know, shooting a couple rounds for a certain gun or a certain rifle or something like that. And, yeah. You know, like they really could tell the difference between you know, lugging one around for a freaking six months or, or, yeah. you know, shooting it on a bench for three, you know, three shots. Yeah, it's not, I don't know, I, again, the, the whole gun thing, you know, for me, uh, it's more of a tool, like, what can I do with it? Mm -hmm. Not, is it cool and is it cool looking or whatever. <clears throat> um, that said, I do want a Barrett 50 cal <laughs> in a bad way. Um can't get one. That's a, a knife that uh, Uncle Jesse, Jesse Hample, just built. He's making some good stuff. That yep, and that is uh, that is his first mid-tech. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool. That's a stick tang, one-piece handle. Okay. That looks sort of like a, like a Moranish-type handle. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like his stuff. He's he's yeah. doing a real good job. Yeah. He's going to Africa next week. With, he he with was just Jay. there. He's going back. He's going oh, wow. with Jay. Okay, so here's the here's the big topic of discussion today. Okay, yeah, let's. Okay, so we we've actually broached this subject before. All right, um, and it's it's uh it's skeletonized tangs, and apparently what happened is Mora knife drilled three holes in their new handle and two notches in their two handle and all of the more shame shame are uh, uh, beep 
all the Mora enthusiasts, all of the cheap, shitty knife enthusiasts, all of the Mora enthusiasts are having conniption fits because they think it's a skeletonized tang. Calm your ass down. And well, it's not very strong. Okay. And and so and so you know just what happened is Mora Knife decided that they were going to do a different way to put handles on, and they were getting them pulling off the way they were attaching them because they're just fucking glued on. Yeah. And so they they drilled uh, they put three holes and two notches in a tang so that the glue can go through it and hold and the hold it. the yeah. handles in place. Right. And you got all these people are freaking out about it, like it's a like it's a big travesty that their seventeen dollar Mora knife with their glued on fucking handle is now somehow inferior. What what what? Come on, calm your ass down. It was inferior <laughs> when it left the fucking communist country that it started in, and it was, I was inferior just say because that. it was communist. Yes, everything from there is inferior, and it and it's comical because they don't realize that. The only reason they cost seventeen dollars is because the kroner and the dollar is upside down. Yeah. The, the, the kroner is worth like nothing yeah. compared to the dollar. So, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Okay, just, just reviewing what we've talked about before. Okay, uh, when you say full tang, um, most people when they think of that, they think of yes, there are holes, but that is um, for things like pins or bolts right. to secure the the handle to the tang, okay? Right. And um, the way that I can see we're taking the other side for a second, um, the way that I can see that people would be upset with a skeletonized tang being advertised as a full tang is... Well, it is a full tang. Well, Again, based on what they think is a full tang. Right. Okay, if you're advertising a skeleton, skeletonized tang as being the same thing as what they think of as a full tang, um, they have a point. Because not that they would ever notice it. Let me finish my thought here. <laughs> they have a point in that less steel is less steel. And but actually, less steel is actually weaker too. That's that's we've already proven that. What's that? Less steel is less steel. Less steel is weaker too, when it comes to these. When it comes to I beams. When it comes to, um, they're they're skeletonized for a reason. Well, they're skeletonized for weight. Not only. Um. So not not so, only. So here's 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 the way to think of it. Okay, I'm I'm on your side. Well, here, I'm not well let me explain wait, something. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm, I, let me just finish what I'm saying. Okay, you always talk over me. <laughs> You're not talking over me this time. I'm on your side, but I'm going to say something that is a true. It, it is truth. No, it's not yes. true. Okay. If we had a skyscraper and it was built of solid steel, okay, that is going to be a stronger structure than one built of I-beams. Absolutely not. Yes. It would be t number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. I'll have my engineering buddy come and explain it to you. The me. reason they don't build it that way is you don't need to build it that way. No. I'm going to um, tell you why. Barring things like flexion nope. and move. This is, okay. this is, this is, this is. Hey, everybody, this, guess what? It's now G the Jim podcast. No. I'm, I'm done gonna, talking. Jim's just okay. going to talk to you, and I'm going to walk well, away. Well, sit down so, for a no, second. No, no, no. You just have the podcast, and I'm going to go take care of some other shit. <laughs> Thank you.
See, he's he's arguing with you. Right. <laughs> well, at any rate, it's number one. Even even if even if I'm a hundred percent right, and even if you're a hundred percent right, doesn't fucking matter because no one is ever going to be able to push a skeletonized tang to the breaking point when it's reinforced with micarta scales and right. all these other things. Right. And there is no there is no possibility that you're going to break a BK7 or a BK2. Well, they both and of which have skeletonized handles. Where they break, well you can break on any knife. Right, but right. Where but they not break a handle. Right. Yeah. They break ahead of the of the uh, handle about I don't know, depending on where you where you clamp the blade in. Yeah. But they tend like in the testing that we've done, when you clamp a blade in and you put a you put a cheater bar on the handle, yeah, and you put it halfway up the handle, yeah, it doesn't break at the end of the cheater. No, it's going to break. It's, in the, it, it breaks on the blade. Now we've talked about why it breaks on the blade. Oh, because it's steel. Yeah. You calm your ass down right this minute, young lady. You know. These people are never, ever, ever going to break a skeletonized no. tank. So it doesn't make any difference. And the reason you skeletonize it is not to add strength; it's to add balance. Yes. So that you and, that, and that is and, that and that's is true. that's a hundred percent. And yeah. this is what I'm saying: is like you we, you take away steel because you have a certain goal in mind. You don't take. Do you think it's cheaper for them to well, cut? No. It, listen, to cut. Uh, the holes to, out to cut the holes no, no, out. It's more no, money. it's more expensive. Yeah. Here's here's it from a manufacturer's point of view. This is this is why we do it. Okay. And we'll, we'll I'll use the forest knife as an example. The forest knife is is a um a I don't want to say it's a copy because it's not a hundred percent copy. I looked at a design that I liked that I couldn't get, and I listened to the complaints of the people who had owned them in the past. And what I did was I corrected those complaints. Yeah. And one of the major complaints was when I was using it, it never felt lively in my hand. It was always heavy in my hand. Yeah. And I had a good friend of mine the other day that owns one, and he won't get rid of it because it was given to him. But everybody else that has owned one of these knives has gotten rid of it because they, they don't like the way they perform as a knife. And, you know, it's guys yeah. that actually use them that – they're the same guys that will not complain about a skeletonized handle because they know the reason for it. The guys that complain about the skeletonized handles are the guys that have never used a knife properly in their life. They think they're made to chop cinder blocks and and pry open, I don't even know what they what the hell they're prying open, and they think for some reason that they're going to break a knife at the handle by prying on it. And it just isn't it isn't the case. No. But we we skeletonized our handle because we wanted to make right. it lighter in the hand. And that was the I mean that was one of the complaints that we wanted to correct in the whole process. And that was why we did it. Yep. It, it, and we succeeded. I mean he was up here a couple weeks back with his and and he got a he got a um an American knife um uh compact and they're the same size. And he was like this is way better handling than the Skookum is. Right. But, you know so you got to. Everybody looks at it as a company is trying to cut corners and screw you, okay? <laughs> and you have this mentality that uh, everybody is out to screw you. They're not. They're out to make a better product and a, Listen, a knife that's balanced better is better. And and most of the population do not realize that the major cost in a good knife 
isn't even the fucking material in the knife. No, no. It's it's in the leather sheath. Yeah. Most of the leather sheaths that we that uh, the material costs the, is actually higher in the sheath than it is in well, the. It, it costs me way more to get a sheath made. Than yeah. The, that's yeah, why I don't offer knives with sheaths. Yeah, because that's the way that's the way it is. I mean, it just seems like that's like. Leather is more expensive than well, fucking and steel. Well, your labor is going to be more. Yeah. But in materials wise, it's it's the it's the leather sheath. But but it's but it is kind of funny. So that's why you don't see you don't see too many of my. Okay, I got to pause this. My wife. Anyway, I guess I guess the bottom line is, um, it is more expensive to manufacture a knife with a skeletonized handle. So yep. they are not trying to screw you by doing that you know and we're doing the engineering yeah to, you know figuring the strength and stuff for for doing that SolidWorks and, does yeah. it automatically yep yep yeah. so you know and then so then the, the whole topic came up with the mora knives and the you know and why people love them so much the those throwaway knives and how they're all, you know, and I, I came up with this idea that maybe what the deal is. Because they're is, secret communists. That's well, no, I think, so I think part of it is <laughs> that they don't want to admit that they can't afford a good knife. Well, not just that. It's, it's, there are certain internet forums that get these fetishes, and the Mora knife is a fetish, basically. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't have any time for them. I, I like them. I've used them. I'm not knocking them. For what they are, but let's not try to pretend that it's the same thing as, you know, a good quality knife. Right. It's just not the same. Right. But anyway. Well, it's like what I what I had said was basically, I can use a Mora knife just as easy as not. I just don't want to. Yeah. You know, I don't want to buy my shoes at Payless. <laughs> I don't want to. You know, I mean, you, yeah, I'm you not going to wear shitty glasses. Yeah, you, you don't know. go to. Uh, uh, you, do you trust your mechanic if he's using Chinese tools? Mm, no. no. Yeah. Do cutting corners and shit. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I like quality stuff. You know, I don't wear, I don't buy my clothes at Walmart. Right. I you know, buy and, the best I can afford. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I actually do buy some clothes at Walmart. No, I know. But it's I've like seen underlayers. <laughs> I, I buy like their underlayer stuff. See, I can't even you know. bring myself to go into Walmart. I just can't. It's hard for me. Yeah, I've been finding that I use a lot of Amazon. Yeah. A lot more than. Yeah, me too. But but I do know that the um, uh, that in Sweden, the basically the Mora knives are th literally throwaway knives. Yeah. They they never sharpen them. They never they're, they're literally throwaway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they put them in a bucket, and if you want to take one home, you can because you're, they're all communists. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you want to try to sharpen one or, you know, and they're all enthralled. It's like the Scandi grind. They're all like, oh, my God, it's a Scandi. you got to have a Scandi grind. And it's like, why? It's the easier reason, to make. It's, it. it's easier to make. That's why they do it. Yeah. It's not any stronger. Back in the day when they were making knives by hand. The Sammies. They yeah. Were all they're, they're all, they're not, they're all convexed. Yeah. You know, so let's get. I, okay. you, know, you keep oh, repeating these things. Let's, let's have a. Let's have a. I'm gonna have real talk now. We're gonna have real talk. Okay. <laughs> okay, fuckers. You know what? I've actually been there and spent time with Moores. Okay. I have seen the knife that he based the that he said he based the criteria for what makes a good bush knife on. Mm -hmm. 
What kind of grind is on that night? Convex. Convex. All right, folks, so sorry for all the interruptions. Uh, there's going to be a lot of editing done here. Uh, it's just This is just the wrong time to do a podcast, so we're going to hurry it up here. Uh, we just put a deep dish pizza in the oven. So we're on a bit of a timetable here. Now, best fucking pizza in the world. Now, I want to get back to what I was saying before about uh, Moore's and, and the knife that he based the criteria on. Number one, it didn't have a Scandi grind. Number two, uh, it, it fit hardly any of the criteria that he set up. Right. There, there was basically nothing about that knife that fit any of those criteria. Right. Okay. Here's something else. Um, do you think Moore's Kahansky bought that Skookum? No. Okay. A significant amount of my interaction with him, uh, besides the teaching stuff, was talking to him about where he found used books that are basically priceless, but he got them for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Another significant portion of the time spent with him was talking about the great things that you could find in a dollar store mm-hmm. uh, and the great things that you could find at Army Surplus stuff. Mm-hmm. So all of the pictures that I have of him is him wearing stuff from dollar stores and Army Surplus stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it because that stuff is better or because he enjoys getting stuff on the cheap? That's a question. Yeah, that's a question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. So, given that Amora is like twelve bucks, (laughs) and the guy I was corrected today, and it was it's you can get it for six. Okay. (laughs) So, but given that he can take anything and he'll be just fine with it, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't he doesn't he'll tell you he doesn't like take a particular amount of interest in knives, you know. To him, it's like a screwdriver. Right. You know, he doesn't he doesn't put any sort of interest in the artistry and stuff like this. So, why does he use a mora? Based on the other stuff that we know, because it's because they're cheap, right? Not because they're better. Mm-mm. And he would use a mora if it had a scan a scandy grind on it, if it had a flat convex, if it had whatever the hell, any kind of a grind. He'll use it because it's cheap and he can make it work anyway. Right. Okay. So all these people that are fetishizing this bullshit stuff that you find at army surplus stores and there's a reason it's surplus. Okay. It's useful life has ended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and something better came along. Or it's as designed life has ended. Right. And and something something has replaced it. Um, yes. But uh, you know. So all these people that are fetishizing moras because they think they're like these great things, um, no, they're just cheap. And if you know how to use a knife, it doesn't matter what you have. Right. And so my point is, is like, why the fuck are you listening to a knife podcast if you don't enjoy knives right. and don't appreciate the artistry? Well, and, and you know, that's, kind of and that's sort of what I was saying. It's like, you know, I can use a, I can use a more knife if I wanted I to. I can use a tin can. Yeah. Knife. I don't want to. Right. I mean, if I have the ability to have a really nice knife, why would I want anything else? I'm a knife nut. I love yeah. knives. I it's, freaking have thousands of knives. <laughs> right. 
and and like you appreciate the ones that stand out because of quality or yep. because there's something special about them. Yep. There's nothing special about a Mora, just like there's nothing special about a communist citizen. They're all comrades. None of them are special. None of them are important. And that's the way the system is designed. Yep. There are no individuals in collectivist societies. Remember that when you dummies vote for Bernie Sanders. Ah! You love Bernie Sanders. Well, anyway. <laughs> Well, and it's, it, it is true. I mean, you, you look at what's... I mean, we're going to slip into some political... Wait, we better stop here. We, we only have a few minutes to do that anyway. So is there anything else knife-related you want to talk about? Yeah, not that we can't talk about it another day. Okay, so uh, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us. Try to keep the po- uh, political stuff to a bare minimum. But now we're going to go into just a little bit here. So... Uh, It'll be fun. Yeah, feel free to turn off if you don't want to hear it. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, go. <laughs> so... So Sarah Palin steps on the field today, yesterday, <laughs> with Donald Trump. Had a big, big chuckle about that. He is such a artist when it comes to media manipulation. As much as everybody hates him. They can't him. stop saying his name. Now. They can't. It's literally every everything that they're talking about is how it involves Donald Trump. It yeah. has nothing to do with anybody else. He's yeah. like totally sucking the air out of everybody's room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm talking about the Democrats, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like the, he's their topic right now. Yeah. They can't get past that. And, you know, people have said a lot of stuff, but he, I think he ripped the page out of Reagan's uh, playbook. And you're you are going to see a man that is going to win and my prediction is he's going to have, like, the majority of the votes in the country, like 70, 80% <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I mean, because he is appealing to everybody because everybody that works for a living is pissed off right now. The only people that aren't pissed off right now are trust fund babies. Yeah, pretty much. They're the only ones that are – anybody that fucking works for a living, that actually works for a living, is – pissed and that's and i don't care if that means they own a business if they you know if they're retired and they had a really good job and they own stock and and that's part of their retirement they're pissed because that's slipping away you got uh anybody that's making you know two family income with two kids is freaking dying right now because now their fucking insurance just went from 580 dollars a month to $1,280 $1,280 or more. I heard one today of 2400 Yeah, you know. and then, it, you know, you used to have a two or $300 deductible. Yeah, now it's two or three, 13000 Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. The lowest deductibles I've heard of lately is 5000 Yeah. And yeah. they're paying big bucks for those plans. Yeah, yep, yep. But, and, so, and so that's all, you know, welcome to the Communist Party of, oh, wait a minute, that's the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to be honest about it, I'm just as sick of the damn Republicans because yeah. they've been pussyfooting around too for so, for so long. Now they're trying to talk tough because now they realized how pissed everybody is. They they were totally in with blinders on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's I think 
a lot of this has to do with the fact that they're just drunk with money. They literally are spending money. I mean, it's like, it's like we have this issue with Flint going on. Now, again, it's another Democratic-run city okay. for freaking 100 years. Right. Okay, so um, just to give people a little bit of background on this particular issue, because a lot of people don't follow this kind of thing. It's, um, it's been on national news Flint, for like Flint, two weeks. Flint, Michigan, yeah, but... Mm, they're not going to know about it. Flint, Michigan is a town. It's outside of Detroit. It's uh, it's an industrial auto town. 40, yeah, G, GM used to be there, and then GM left because the unions were just demanding cake and trying to eat it too. Yeah. So um, it's now 40% of the people live below the poverty line, and it's heavily African-American. So there's some demographic things. And... Uh, they had they've had democratic rule there for like 50 years and they every day was christmas right so they they were terribly in debt and basically it was a disaster and so the the state which is run by snyder who's a republican took it over to try to straighten out the books and stuff and they put a they put an emergency manager in place right and so the, one of the things that they did was they stopped taking water from Detroit and they started taking it from the Flint River. And it was a Republican appointee that did this. Well, the, the Flint River stuff, as you might imagine, corroded the shit out of the pipes and then lead got into the water and the, the water quality went way down and they were complaining about it for a long time. And the, the Republican governor and this, I think, is kind of shitty was basically telling them to go fly a kite and all of this and, like, you know, minimizing it. And well, we're now not, we're it, not, like, blew up. Right right now, here, here's what we do know. There's 42 people that have – 42 people, people. 42. Have 42 high, out of 2,000. Uh, have high lead counts. Well, it's, no, it's 42 houses have high – were tested – out of 2,000 that were tested had high lead levels. In their water. Okay, so it's not even in their body. Well, if it's in their water and they've been drinking it, it's in their body. So they, but they haven't tested it. Oh, uh, I, okay. again, I, I think we're talking out of our ass. Here. Yeah, I think. But here's what we, here's one of the things we do know. The city was buying water from Detroit. Detroit was sending them water up the pipeline and they were paying for, let's say, I'm just going to use this number because it's easy. They sold them 100 gallons. Right. By the time it got to Flint, there was only 70 gallons there. So they were losing 30% in the in the pipe going up there. That's why they said, you know what, this is sucky. We're paying for 100% of the water, we're getting 70% of it. So that's when the emergency manager said, well, and they're in the process of building a new pipeline out to Lake, uh, Lake Huron. It's yeah. like 12 miles out into the lake, which, if you don't know this, one of the things that Detroit and a lot of the big cities do around here is they run a pipeline out into the middle of the lake and yeah. they suck lake water up. Chicago does that too. And they, they run a... Um, they got pumping stations yeah. out there. And they run a... Um, uh, they run it through a, cl a filter and bing, bang, boom, you got beautiful water. And it's it's literally... And actually, Detroit water, city water, is is probably one of the best tasting waters well, there is. Chicago is the same, same way. way. I mean, they, yeah. they really... I mean, it's because it's lake water. So... So they had that issue with the 30% loss that they were sick of doing. And so the emergency manager said, well, look, solve this. 
you know, you got to figure out a way to solve this. And apparently, some drain commissioner said, well, we're losing 30% of the water. Well, we could just get it out of the Flint River and turn on the well, old system. They were, they were, Detroit was charging them a premium yes. for the water. Yeah, and that's, and yeah, they were paid, but well, because Detroit's fucking broke too. Yeah. You know, and that, and their emergency manager is looking at, okay, so this is a source of income, so we're, you know, we need to, so, so you got a couple things that are going on there. But that being said, the Democrats are really playing this up like they want Snyder's head. Okay. So a lot of you guys know that if you've got a CEO in a big company and you got like five different people that are involved in a project and the project turns to shit, a lot of times the CEO doesn't always have to resign. Well, and they don't. They don't always necessarily know what the hell exactly. Is going on. And so, so far, what's happened is you've got the head of the DEQ resigned, which he probably should have, because and to be honest, half of his underlings should have gotten fired too, because somebody had to know. I mean, they test the water. I mean, that's something that municipalities do. They have fucking little test tubes, and they. Tap them up, and they send them to a lab, and they say, "Oh, the lead content is high in this." Somebody had to see those reports. Yeah. Or, or maybe because the overpriced fucking employees of the state of Michigan didn't even open the envelopes. Yeah. You know, it's, however, it's however, it happens, to say that the ball was dropped. Yeah, well, big time, big time. Right, and so, you know, my whole problem with it is once. He figured, and it's been 18 months now. Once he started hearing about this, in my mind, he should have, you know, laid the smack down and not just minimized. Yeah, it. see, and I don't know, I don't know <coughs> what the time frame is. That's where I'm a little bit confused. Because is did he start hearing it when we started hearing about it, or did? Uh, no, there's emails that show them talking back and forth 18 months. Ago. To Snyder. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, well, yeah, and so and he was saying fix it. Well, but 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 basically the 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 gist is here that the the Democrat Party is saying this is a Republican problem, even though the city was running like Santa Claus was coming to town for fifty years under Democrats. Right, and it's like it's like somebody. Okay, so it's like gangbanger A shoots gangbanger B. Gangbanger B goes to the hospital and dies of his gunshot wound. It's the doctor's fault. Right. Well, it is. Right. But you <laughs> see, that, that's that's the same logic they're using. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and Gangbanger A gets off scot fucking free. Right. Let's not even pay attention to the person that shot. See, this him is to place. me. To me, I look at this as a as a uh, symptom of a much much bigger problem. Much much bigger problem. This is a this is a system that for some reason, has transformed itself into repairing from repairing streets and roads and infrastructure as part of our everyday thing, that that's what, that's what we do. So we want nice roads. We want nice sewers. We want nice water. You know, we want those things to be nice. Pipelines, we want them to be safe. Right. But instead of really fucking caring about that shit, they care about their pensions they, and their well, retirements well, and their after-retirement health care benefits. And, That's where all of the money goes, people. That's where it all and, goes. And bike paths and other right. things that are showy that are not necessarily right. But the things the, that we need. The vast, vast, vast majority of the uh, government budget is retiree yeah. pensions, yep. retiree health care. Yep. 
and all these crazy fucking yep. things that never should have been in the first place. Well, to me, to me, my a guaranteed benefit pension. Yeah. How? How? Yep. How does that work? Well, then the hell of it is, is these 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 are the same bureaucrats that are making decisions about how things are operating. Yeah, it's like I have a pension and I put in a hundred thousand dollars over the course of a thirty-year career. But I get the benefits as if it's a fourteen million dollar pension. Uh, which, Tell which, me how the fuck that works. Who those, thought that that was going to work? Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. what's amazing to me, and it just cracks me up, is the fact that you can have, you can have in our state, we have a constitutional amendment that says any state-owned land. <clears throat> The, the oil and gas and mineral rights and any money that goes, that is generated from that property that's owned by all of us in Michigan, not just the fucking people that fish and hunt and, 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 uh, and, and drive boats around and, and, uh, go hiking and snowmobiling and all that shit. Yeah. It's owned by all of us. Yet that money that is generated by that property is earmarked toward recreation. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, so who the fuck? So, so what ends up happening is you have a group of bureaucrats sitting on a committee deciding how to spend all of our money in the recreational realm. If you're a fucking bow hunter, you you might not be happy that you got a new bike path because the money didn't go for any bow hunting improvement. It went into bike path. If you are a let, let's say you don't even you hate the woods. You hate, but you like the property, you like the investment, you, but you never go into the woods at all. You don't use any of the walkways, you don't use any of that shit. Tough shit. That money's still going to buy that shit. It's not going to the general fund. You know, to me, our government has failed when it's got so many employees in it that it, it can't get out of its own way. It can't make decisions, and all they care about is retiring. These yeah. fucking are the most unproductive people on the planet, literally. I'm sorry if you're a state employee. I'm sorry, you're unproductive. Well, relative to relative to the amount of work and the amount of accountability and the amount of results that you would have to get in the private sector, I think Jim is probably right. Like, you know, uh, if the if the DMV was privately owned, do you think it would take four hours to get a fucking driver's license in Traverse City, Michigan? If it was privately owned, <laughs> no. every single one of those people would be shit canned. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, there's no question yeah, about and, it. And the, because you would just go to another place. You, there's just no question about you, it. You would get your license at another place. You know, no you'd just be like, okay, this this sucks. <clears throat> but, but say everyone in Traverse City decides to go up to Sutton's Bay to get their license, which happens. You think the Traverse City DMV closes? Mm -mm. No, they add more people. Mm -hmm. They add more funding. It gets better for them if everybody goes somewhere else. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the difference between government and the private sector, uh -huh. and that's what Jim is talking about. Oh yeah, it's it's a serious problem, and they they I mean really, if you wanted to, if you I mean, what's going to end up having to happen? There, there's just no two ways about this. This has to happen. We've got to have a we've got to have somebody that has the mads to freaking start just whacking budgets. And Chopping say, heads. yeah, yeah, and say, look, here's the deal. You have now one third of what you had last year. That's what you have. You have one third. So guess what? I don't give a flying fuck what you do with it, but you're going to get rid of three quarters of your employees. 
and you guys are actually going to have to go to work. Yeah, somewhere. And you know what? I don't give a flying shit if you can't figure out what to do. Get creative. You've been a state employee for so long that you're freaking fat and 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 lazy. You you've lost your creativity because all you can think about is going to work on Monday morning and leaving on Friday afternoon early, and oh, then yeah. collecting oh, yeah. your fucking pension. Oh, and it's it's worse in big cities. Oh yeah. You know you want to know what the hours are in any kind of an office associated with any kind of government in Chicago? You know they think they fucking it's, work hard. It's I 10, mean that's a- it's ten to eleven. Two to three, and that's an eight-hour day for them. Yeah, they think they work hard. That's the part that oh, cracks yeah. me up. They think they're this is this is difficult work. This is, you know, it's like yeah, really they have no concept. No, you better get out there and start farming. I'm gonna turn our pizza. Okay.